us pray. Maybe, Lord, these things that we have heard many, many times need to resound in our spirit in new ways. As we are in the thick of Lent, there are some things that you have to tell us that really isn't in sync with the world at all. So open our hearts to you. And I pray most earnestly that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together will be acceptable to you. For you are our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. We're using the Mark account, and this is an account of sacrificial love. And it's his sacrificial love for us, but it's also our sacrificial love for him. That loving Christ requires sacrifice. And that is a message that gets lost. It could be taught as a subject every single week. And we have the uncanny ability to not hear it. Loving Christ is sacrificial. It requires our actually devoting time to him instead of what pulls us away from him. Loving Christ is being open to hear him. And we are swimming in a sea of competing voices messages that get our attention and compete for our attention nonstop and messages that do differ from what scripture calls the things of men get lost in the scramble of life maybe i should say part of christ's messages get lost we're somehow able to hear some things that he has good things for us and that he has a life more satisfying than what the things of the world are capable of giving, we can more or less hear that. And we can kind of understand that Christ alone knows our potential and wants us to be people who are fully alive. These messages kind of intersect with the messages of the world, that we are taught with the voice of the contemporary culture which is you deserve everything and you are entitled to get what you want but christ's message is not you deserve everything and he is not telling us you are entitled to get what you want his message is you are loved by god and his message is that our ability to sacrifice for his love defines character and gives life. He never promises that life will be easy. And he doesn't promise that following him won't take courage. He had the disciples around him and he said that he must suffer many things. Rejection, death, and after three days rise again. And he spoke very plainly about this, scripture said. But they didn't want to hear it. And as many of us know, clear communication takes two parties. The best message does need to be communicated clearly. And the messenger somehow always seems to be at fault for not communicating clearly enough. And sometimes the message is muddled. But sometimes it isn't. The message really is communicated clearly. 
But if people don't want to listen and they have no interest in hearing and resist hearing for whatever reason, a message could be sent in a variety of clear ways and not be heard, not be read, not be learned. I have a good friend who's also a relative. And about three years ago, she told me that she had this medical condition. And I just didn't believe it. I knew, but I didn't know. The denial was so thick, I said, no, she doesn't. Well, she does. But I needed to find a way to not let that hurtful information in. I knew, but I didn't know. And the disciple Peter basically told Jesus that he was wrong when Jesus said this terrible stuff. Talking to his closest friends, Peter said, no. He rebuked him, scripture says. He didn't want to acknowledge Christ's suffering or death. And then Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Not because Peter was satanic, but Satan, as we know, is the father of lies and denial is a way of evading the truth. Get behind me, Satan, Jesus says. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. The things of God. They're here, but they are hidden in our culture. He's partially hidden. For instance, sacrifice, which is a thing of God. For a greater cause, we understand. And I frankly thank God for that honor for people who are willing to give their lives for this country. I am grateful that we do that because that is a God thing. Sacrifice for a greater cause is a God thing. But do we really want to go all the way with this? Take it to its full trajectory and take it to what Jesus Christ is saying. He says, sacrifice for me. He called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. I have a greater understanding of what this means based on something I heard on NPR last week. And I kind of mentioned it a little bit last week. It had to do with a stroke victim a severe stroke victim. It had such an impact on me. She had a greater appreciation for life because part of her brain was wiped out. And she could articulate it beautifully. She was a neuroscientist. The part of memory, brain activity that she lost was that part that was wounded emotionally that part that was the past hurts and the grudges, it was wiped out. And she said she was so happy to see everyone because she didn't even know if she was mad at them or not. <laughs> Can you imagine to have all of that aspect of life gone? Do you know how much energy it takes to harbor emotional wounds? You have no idea. Do you know how many visions God has given us and we have shut them down 
because we have bigger and better ways to use our energy, which is to hold grudges and to be angry. It is huge. So I thank God for that, that nurturing past hurts and making them part of the present landscape, that that is not denying yourselves, that's being pretty selfish. And what she did in telling her story was offer a reset, but in a very real way, she died to self because dying is a form of letting go. In fact, if you've ever been with a loved one at the end of their life, you pray that they can let go. Denying oneself and taking up the cross he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And taking up our cross is not the way the culture uses that sometimes to mean, oh, a burden that you were given or an illness that you have to know. It is the actual decision to follow Christ when there are no obvious rewards and possibly abuse take up one's cross then he says for whoever wants to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for me and the gospel will save it the worldly gain is a temporary thing the soul with God is eternal and as a person living in the world I tend to want to downplay this I'll be honest with you because this seems like an impossible request. Asking this of people will cause them discouragement. Who, this, whoever loses his life for me will save it. But the pastor in me, the part of me that was praying before we came in here today, knows it's the truth. And when we give our life to Christ for his purposes... He will give us help through the Holy Spirit, through community, about what this means and how we are not expected to give our life to Christ on our own strength or understanding. But we do know in giving our life to Christ, he will use us as we are. This idea that we have to meet a certain standard to be qualified, those are the things of men. If Christ is talking to you, Christ will use you. Anyone who loses his fate, life for me and the gospel will save it. And this phrase, and the gospel, is our saving grace because the gospel is about saving grace. If we know and receive grace, we have in a very real way given our life to his gospel because we know we are in need of grace. The work of the cross is grace. There is an invisible cross that hovers over the world and it's bigger than a continental cloud cover. In the movie Independence Day when that UFO spaceship thing comes down and covers the earth, the cross is bigger than that. And it's more real than anything made of matter. The cross is more real than what we can perceive. The cross is a necessary prologue to the resurrection. 
For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever lives, loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. Let us pray. Lord, help us to get to the point ourselves where we say, take our life rather than I totally surrender, Lord, because there's nothing else I can do. Help us from our own volition and from being convicted by your spirit, say to you, take my life. And we ask, dear and precious Lord, that you would grant us the understanding of what this means and how deeply and powerfully you are there to help us with every step. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.